What's going on team? Welcome to Base View Podcast episode 109. Slightly different episode for you this week, kind of a fun one. We had the whole Base 3 coaching panel do a bit of a roundtable discussion and answer a bunch of frequently asked questions that we get asked by Base 3 members or online and also a couple of questions that we threw in there that would be thought we thought would be cool to share that information. Questions ranged from everything from training how to get better at specific movements, how to warm up for workouts, what I should do on rest days, a bunch of different questions around things like nutrition, protein intake, protein after recovery, uh, some questions around sleep, questions around how to get started with training, uh, how to choose a coach or what's the right program for you. Just questions that we get asked frequently or information that we wish people had a better understanding of. We the answers are pretty shallow as in we don't go too deep on too many of them. And there was a lot of questions. I think we got through a good like 50 to 60 questions um, between the coaches. But yeah, it was a, a cool one. We just kind of round robbing the table, different coach answering different questions. And then the rest of the team just weighed in a little bit. But it was a fun format, something we'll definitely consider doing again. Um, if you guys did enjoy the show, please let us know. And we'll definitely line another one of those up. Um, yeah, this is episode 109. Enjoy. All right, so uh, a couple of weeks ago, we decided to ask you guys for some questions, not you guys, you guys, for some questions, and we've compiled some of them our own, the most frequently asked questions, uh, kind of a way for us just to deliver information that we think would be useful, or information that people have asked us that we thought would be worth sharing with the general public. Uh, we've got a, a bunch of questions. We'll kind of go for about 30, 40 minutes, see how many questions we can get through. Um, and we've just got our panel of coaches here to answer all of your questions. So first question, I've just started doing CrossFit. Do I have to tell everybody about it? No, you can ask that one. A hundred percent, yes. <laughs> yeah, you know much, yes. Hard, hard I mean, yes on that one. If you, uh, if you don't tell anyone you do it, do you really do it? It's the truth. If it didn't go on Instagram, did it really happen? All right, let's start at the beginning. And anyone can take this one. Someone can volunteer for this one. Is it important to warm up and why? Which coach wants to take that? Asha. Asha, is it important to warm up and why? Absolutely. Uh, for me, I uh, see it from uh, two, um, two points of view, let's say. The one thing is you want to prepare your muscles which you're gonna work during the more complex movements. And the other thing is you want to prepare your nervous system. So both, yes, it is important. Uh, you can go cold turkey. If you're 25. Um, if you're 25 and if it's about, I'm just gonna do some air squats, push-ups. if you're more advanced. But other than that, if it's more complex movement, both nervous system and uh, muscle preparation, it's, um, it's gonna get you better training and better session. Does anyone not, not warm up here? <laughs> not warm up. Rowan's getting better, but Tyler doesn't warm up. Tyler? Okay, this is the younger side of the table. Do you want me to get you through my warm-ups? <laughs> guys, guys you, guys, you know. Our members can get you through my warm-ups. Yes, so, uh, yes, warming up, absolutely, yes. All right, here's one for Rowan, just because it's Ramadan. Is fasted cardio better for you? Mm, I think it's all dependent on the person. So like, 
For me, no, because I just feel weak without having any food. So if it means just getting up and having something easy, easy on the stomach, I think that suits me better. But also some people I know like to just fast or go training straight after, straight when they wake up. No food, no nothing, and they feel lighter and they don't get any digestion problems or anything when they're training. What do I eat? Uh, usually I have oats or it's just something like some light cereal. Uh, but something easy. I wouldn't have any heavy breakfast, like a, a big fry up in the morning. <laughs> Only on the weekends. I've done that. Brian just looking at his mic. I think when we were training for the ultra, well, we were going for runs more often. I think bananas were pretty good for me and maybe a couple of dates. I tried oats, but it was a bit too heavy. So, yeah, I think it's good to have a number of options given to you. And then it's about trialing and... Yeah, if things work, keep it. If they don't, then get rid of it. Yeah. Uh, I think in the morning would be great to have something very easily digestive. So. Would you easy no, there's no. yeah no because I mean they're very slow digestive, right? So if you have 30 minutes before your training, I would go for uh, fruits like Emily said, or uh, dry fruits or even a piece of chocolate if you're gonna burn it. Then why not? <laughs> All right, Tyler, your turn. Okay, what is the difference between training and exercising? Great question, Craig. I'm glad you asked it. Um, so, the difference between uh, training and exercising, I believe, is exercise is just random. It's whatever you wanted to do, and you'll probably find that you plateau quite early on. So, you don't have that plan put into place whereas training you have structure you have a plan you have maybe a goal in mind so that plateau doesn't happen as often or at all and you continue to reach your goal okay so you kind of have a plan in place to train for versus just doing random bunch of uh, movements put together and you're just not actually training you're just doing some exercise I mean that's what I see it as anyone else got anything to add yeah, I think structure would be the difference between training for something that's got uh, periodization or progressions and the goal and the outcome is training, working towards something. Yeah, something with a purpose. Uh, yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I'll tell that. Yeah. Cool. All right, first lady, do I need to count my macros? It depends. So there's a couple, I think most of these questions Every are going to start with, it could depends. Start with that. <laughs> So I have tried counting macros in the past and I hated it. It made me feel like I was too, uh, being too restricted with my eating and it took all the fun out of it and I just, it didn't suit my lifestyle. I wasn't going to continue it forever and therefore I just, I didn't see the point in doing it. However, that said, that being said, there are some girls I know in the gym, I think Charlie and Tracy who have done macros and have had really great results on it. Um... I would say that if you are a beginner starting out with your health and fitness, uh, that there are probably some lower hanging fruits that you could start off with that would be more gateway into looking into your nutrition. So it might be really simple, like you may just need to tidy up your choices, you may need to drink a little more water, you may need to cut out the soda, you may need to cut out the alcohol. There will be some things that you could try first before jumping into macros. I think that's quite a, a big step to start off with. However, if you're a little further down the track, I think if you're a bit more experienced and you're looking for really specific goals and you're really trying to dial down, that might be a good way to kind of take that next big step and get the goals that you are looking for. Um, if you're not doing it for like a very specific goal in a very specific period of time, I would just challenge you if it's not something that you're going to keep up forever and you're not going to be learning lifestyle habits from it, then 
I wouldn't say it would be the best thing for you. I might have rambled there. Well, I think something else to consider is like you might not have to stick to macros, but it's a good way to understand what you're eating and what you're putting into your body. So like you might not have to actually work out exactly what you specifically need to stick to for the rest of your life or anything like that, but just maybe understanding like, okay, 20 grams of protein is this much chicken and uh, yeah, exactly. What are my goals? Like what am I trying to achieve from it? So uh, you might not have to count your macros or anything like that, but just having an idea of what nutrition is and how much protein or carbs or fats are in certain foods. You know, you might find that like, oh, the reason I am overweight is because I'm literally eating all these fatty foods and I didn't even realize it. Like avocado, super fatty, yet some people don't realize because it's a vegetable or whatnot. So just having an idea. I like it. All right, Asha, you're up. Sticking with the nutrition theme. Do I need to eat more protein to recover better? Mm. Thanks for the question. It depends again. Uh, I would honestly start with uh, you need to sleep better, to recover better. You need to manage your um, daily stress levels to recover better. And maybe then I will look at your protein intake. I mean, if it's very, very little, you have like zero protein intake, then of course, yes. Uh, but other than that, I think there are, um, those two first steps I mentioned are more important than that. And of course, depends on your goals. In, if you are a high-performing uh, athlete, I'll look into your, uh, I mean, macros and and, um, and protein intake. If you're just um, doing it for fun, uh, I would first, I mean, always first sleep, stress level, and then uh, and then food, and then food. That's my that's my take. Nice, I like that one. Yes. Rowan, you're up. How much exercise should I do in a day? In a day. Yeah. Um, depends on what kind of athlete you are. If you're a full-time athlete going to the CrossFit Games, you might want to put in a few extra hours. But I think if this is based on like normal general population, I think like 45 minutes is loads for a general population person per day, three to four times a week, and they'll get their health benefits. If you've got other goals like you know losing fat, building muscle, stuff like that, maybe if that goal warrants a little bit more training a day, it might be an hour, an hour 15. But, you know, for a general population, you shouldn't be going much higher than that, yeah. I don't think. 45, I think you can get so much done in 45 that it caters to everybody. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> if, it's, if it's 45 minutes to an hour of actual training and not wasting half that time on your phone, then... then no Snapchatting yeah. and Instagramming. <laughs> all right, keep hold of the mic. This one's for you as well. How do I grow my glutes? Lunges all day. <laughs> all day of lunges. Two-hour AMRAP of lunges. All right, I'm going to take this one because um, this one came in and I liked it. Um, it was how do I set achievable training goals? I think using the, the smart process and making it uh, specific, measurable, achievable, help me out, what's the other ones? What's the R? Realistic, Realistic and tangible, thank timely. you. Um, so, oh, timely, yeah. So, and then creating a framework and then a, um, a plan around that. So if I say, hey, I'm, I'm currently at... 100 pounds on my back squat and I want to get to 200 pounds. That's going to take me 12 months. So for the next 12 months, I need to incorporate this many sets of this many exercises per week, per month for that period of time. And I've got a timeline and there's uh, kind of check-ins I can make every three months. I should be at this weight. I should be at this weight. I should be at that weight. Then that'll keep me on track. And, and just having those little micro goals on the way to the macro goal will be a, probably the best way to set up achievable training goals anyway. Anyone else have any thoughts on that? Go on, Asha. 
I would just say that make sure that the life is happening on the site and not every day you can hit those numbers and exactly as it's planned. So I would say... Yeah. Well, yeah, that's the realistic yeah. part of it. Have a plan, absolutely. But if you're not hitting the specific numbers, please don't get upset. Every day you're a different person. More or less, if you know, if you pick your road, is gonna be your road is gonna be like. Of that. course, and I think that's the timely thing. If you're unrealistic with your timeline, say I want to put a hundred pounds in one month, whereas if you give yourself a nice realistic bracket and anticipate ups and downs on the way to that, then your net growth across the but course of a year versus I a month is probably going to be. I think that's why we are here to help people. Yeah. To, you know. With this Mike, 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 Mike. Goals. You know, do you think you should get someone else to look over them? Because you, sometimes you're quite, you don't know how to judge like what, what you're capable of or maybe you're a little too zealous and you need someone else to step in and be like, I'm the Ooh. best at setting unrealistic training goals for myself. <laughs> how many times have I, I'm going to squat 500 pounds and run yeah, five minute mile in eight weeks. Goals anymore. You're a joke. All right, Tyler, you're up. How much sleep should I be getting? Uh, I mean, everyone is different and age plays a massive factor, but I personally would say like seven to nine hours a night. I find that's pretty nice. Uh, sometimes I don't always get that myself, but usually if I'm sleeping seven hours, I feel like I can wake up, feel recovered and refreshed. Um, but yeah, for me, that's what works. Uh, you guys have anything to add to that or? What about adding to, has anyone got any, um, ideas around sleep quantity because that was a, a question about how much but what about quality has anyone got any uh, opinions on what's more important do you want to go with that Mr. Whoop Mr. Whoop uh, no I actually think like everyone's like oh yeah it's grand I can sleep straight after having a coffee yeah but you suck at sleeping <laughs> after a coffee uh, so I think that's like kind of a bit silly for people to be like, oh, yeah, it's grand, you know, I've no problem sleeping after coffee. But if you're looking at quality of sleep, your quality of sleep is going to suck. You're not going to get that restorative sleep that you should be getting. Um, so I think, like, quality can play as much of a role as quantity as well. Yeah. So there's, like, a few things you can tick off the list to make sure that you're getting a better quality sleep. We won't run through those now because that'll take a while. We can do that on a different one. Yeah. Nice. Anyone else on sleep stuff? Nice. We could go on forever about sleep. Okay, M. How do I pick a coach? Um, very easy. Flip a coin. Uh, I, think, I think there's probably two things. The first would be like uh, your, the skills that your coach has. So what are your goals? And does your coach have those skills to get you there? So if you are a CrossFit, if you have CrossFit goals, you want to be picking someone who's got knowledge in that area. If, you're, if you've got swimming goals, you then want to pick someone in that area too. I think you could look on their Instagram page, maybe website, just to see. I think people's natural tendency comes out across their own training, etc. And then I would suggest uh, if you kind of have a few candidates, maybe ask for a chat with that person to say, hey, my goals are this. Do you think you can help me? And then I think also doubling up in that chat is to get a bit of personality feel for that person because I think the training process is very much... Uh, emotional and psychological, not just physical. So you got to find someone that you get along with, that you feel safe enough that you can say, hey, I'm having a really bad day, like what do I do about it? And that is going to support you through your training process and that they actually care about whether you're gaining goals or not. Um, if Obviously, one conversation isn't going to be something you can judge that off. So maybe it's you just commit, okay, I'm going to give it one month and then I'll judge at the end of that month how I feel, what I think our relationship is like etc 
What do you think? <laughs> I think that's perfect. Oh. Um, I had a follow-up question to that. Okay. But it just slipped my mind, so we'll come back to that one. Tyler, you're up. What is tempo and how to read it? I'm asking you this one because we talked about it the other day. Correct, yes. Uh, so tempo is basically like time under tension, uh, if I'm not mistaken. And how to kind of read it is you'll see four numbers up there. And uh, the first number is that eccentric phase in the movement, which is resisting gravity. So, for example, in a squat, it's the lower. So as you squat down in the pull-up, it's your chin is over the bar. And as you control down to arms straight. So that first number is the amount of seconds that you need to control that movement. So if it's three seconds for the pull-up, it's three seconds until your arms are straight again. Um, then from there, that second number is going to be obviously dependent upon what movement you're doing but for the squat it's in the bottom of the squat and so for how long you're holding in the bottom third number is that way up so you're going against gravity uh, and then the last number is obviously at the top of the movement or depending on what it is um, so that's the time and tension and that's the tempo and that's what it is go on em. The very important thing to remember is that not all exercises are going to have that same cycle so uh, we just had two examples of the exercise coming down from the movement that's not always the case in every exercise what do you mean so that's the eccentric it's the lengthening part so when you're sitting down i'm right right it's not always the downward movement is it well the first number is always the eccentric so if you do a yeah, press it, it would start on the third number yeah so but it's the ascent yes but when you're looking at the board so say my press starts from here the first number on the board is not the upward movement, it's no, the downward movement. No, that would be the third number. So, yeah, so when you're looking at the board, it's four numbers. The first number is not always related to the first part of your movement. Correct. If that makes sense. Yes. So I might have confused everything, I don't know. <laughs> no. Asha. Asha. Asha, I know you've got a bunch of these, but I want just one. Uh, what exercise would you recommend to get my core stronger? Sandbank carry. Ah, there we go. Oh, that was quick. Uh, you set yourself up. All right, Rowan. Is hold. hit, H-I-I-T, better yep. than LISS, L-I-S-S? Oh. Um, no. <laughs> Nothing's better than the other. I think you need both low intensity, steady state. And what's hit? High intensity interval training. Thank you. I kind of want you to explain those. Uh, sorry. <laughs> So yeah, no, so you need a little bit of a mixture of both. So I've been looking at uh, like my training recently and I only kind of get some really high intensities once to twice a week, but I think that's kind of enough for me for what I'm doing at the moment. And I think you can mix that up with your low intensity interval training as well. Um, so I think you just need a mix of both. If you go hit all day, every day, you're just gonna burn out and gonna be sore and your training is gonna go to the dogs. <laughs> so that's, that's my polite way of saying it. Uh, so yeah, so you need to mix both of them up and get an equal amount of both, I think. I'd agree. Anyone else? Bit of both? Yeah, I would say you want to keep the balance like with everything. You might have your own preferences, like you prefer more strength training over the conditioning training. However, to be well balanced and not create imbalances even uh, in the body, you need to have both strength training, conditioning for the impact training for that. For strength of your muscles and everything i'd say the majority of people in here prefer high intensity everyone likes the days that are more grueling and want to work a little bit harder and everyone avoids the easy days so yeah don't skip your low intensity days all right um is working out in the morning better for you 
Um, it depends. <laughs> it depends on you. I'll, I'll use members in the gym, I think, as an example. So we have some people that come in at 6 a.m. religiously. They are the, I think they're the most committed people, right? It's always the same group of people. And they come in because if they do it at 6 a.m., nothing in their day can get in the way. Um, but then there are some people that just do not feel ready in the morning to train. It's like the last thing they feel like doing, rolling out of bed and picking up a barbell, and they feel like they need the day to warm up, eat some food, move around a little bit, come in at 4 p.m. and smash it. So I think it depends on your preference. I think it might depend on your schedule and what you have going on. Like if you've got a busy job and meetings come up at 4 and 5 regularly and you miss out on your session, maybe you need to think about a 6 or 7 a.m. Um, class. I will say though, if that is you, please give it at least a week to try to get in the 6am routine because it's not easy just to do one and, and think you hate it. You've got to give it like a week before you can get in there. Did you know as well that your cortisol levels are highest at 11am? So 11am is the optimal time to work out? Mm, fine. Hmm. Good, good, <laughs> good luck everyone that's got a full-time job. All right, you we'll hear that <coughs> employers? 11am, let you guys free. So we'll kind of, we'll go open table on this one and whoever wants to answer it can, maybe we'll all chip in, is what's the difference between uh, doing a base session or having an individual program? All of ours to rephrase the question is, should I do group training or should I do personal training? Who wants to start that one? Um, I think it really depends on your goals. Uh, so kind of you know, sit down, have a think what you're trying to achieve out of training. And then from there, that can probably better answer um, what you're looking for. I know personally for myself, I enjoy training with a group. So I love training with people. I prefer it over anything. And so if I was to have my own individual program, while it is really good to get results a little faster if that's what you're after um, I also feel like I will work really hard on an individual program for maybe a couple of months but then I'll have that drop off because I'm not training with anyone I'm not motivated anymore um, external factors aren't helping so it's just a matter of like for me I find training with people so much better and I'm going to stay so much more consistent in doing so so at least for me I prefer uh, training in a class or in a group setting yeah anyone else got anything to add we're talking about individual programming or PT? Uh, either or. Either or. Um, I would say personal preference is definitely important. I would also think about your budget because there is definitely a price difference between a group training situation and a personal training and individual programming because you are paying for the coach to care about just you. You're paying for their time and their expertise to just care about what you're after. So there's usually a price point with that. Um, the other thing that I was going to say would be experience. With an individual program, for example, so individual program is a coach will write you a program, they will give it to you and you will execute it on your own. A personal training session would be that you work one-on-one -on -one with your coach, they're with you the whole way. If you are not very experienced in the gym, I think we would all agree that an individual program would not be appropriate for you and you should go for the personal training session so that your coach can be there to tell you how to move properly. Um, the other thing would be that if you are wanting to go into the group setting, like Tyler likes to work out with people, and you have never stepped into the setting before, I would check with the coaches whether the program is appropriate for you to go in without any experience because you might step into that group, there are 15 other people in the session and you have no idea what the exercises are or the programming is and it might be a better and safer experience if you maybe do a little bit of PT first just to get up to speed. 
that was my thoughts on those ones. Yeah, I want to. I want to. I think I want to follow on that. Uh, when it comes to the group training session uh, and our base programming, it's it's of course very well-rounded programming, um, and it's gonna get you stronger, get you faster. But if you are dealing with very specific individual weaknesses or imbalances, I would still highly advise to go for a one-on-one just to first sort this one out so you can have more awareness of that and then maybe get back to the group session. So that's my, that's my take on it. I'll only add um, convenience if I think one thing in order to get results, you have to be uh, committed. In order to be committed, it has to be accessible and convenient for you. So there isn't a training time or the 7 a.m. is too busy for you to get in, but you could have a private session booked in where it fits your schedule. The most convenient session is the one, or the most convenient schedule is the one that you are going to stick to, commit to, and get the best results from. So making it convenient and fit your schedule is, is probably one thing to consider. Uh, I'm going to take this one. Um, I really suck at burpees. How do I get better? So we could swap this out for any exercise. So it could be burpee, bike, run, anything. And the rules will kind of be the same is there's two limitations with most movements and it's your efficiency with the movement and then your capacity through the movement. So if I suck at burpees, I can get more efficient at doing the movement so I don't get tired doing the movement or I can improve my ability to do the movement, i.e. get fitter so I have better capacity to do the movement. And that works on high skill movements too if I'm like trying to learn muscle ups. If I'm not as tired, I can have more successful attempts at getting that skill or I can learn the skill so approach either the efficiency or the capacity and understanding which one is your limiter will allow you to decide which is the best way to approach that anything else sick alright Tyler you're up da -da 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 -da. okay uh, everyone welcome to contribute towards this one as well my back is tight from sitting all day at work how can I make this better Great question. Um, so, yeah, a lot of people have desk jobs, so it does come into play quite a lot. Uh, I've had quite a lot of pilots as well in the past that sit down for long, long periods of the time and then they just aren't moving around. So I'd say there's a few things. Obviously, they can stretch and mobilize, but also maybe limit the amount of time you sit down for. So if that's creating a standing desk where you actually work standing up for most of the time or a bit of the time at least, uh, if it's setting a, an alarm, so every half an hour you get out of your chair, you move around, uh, even if it's just to do maybe like 10 air squats or walk for a minute uh, while you send an email or something like that. Uh, so you'd limit how much time you just sat down for purely because when you're in this sat position, you're shortening your hamstrings, you're shortening your hip flexors, and those are the things that kind of like attach to your spine and pull on it um, and make it kind of like unbearably, like you've got back pain. So let's change it, uh, stretching, avoid sitting down for long, long periods of time. Uh, anyone else got anything to add? Go on, Asha. Sandbag carry. <laughs> <laughs> All right, run. Back squats or bench press? Mm. Back squat. Really? Bench press all day. Back squat, man. Bench press? Yeah. What's wrong with you, Ron? <laughs> Back squats or bench press? Sandbag squat. Oh. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> All right. Okay. <laughs> um, is working out in the gym going to get me the best results? I'm assuming this question is versus outdoor it activities or sports. Upon who it you depends. Are. <laughs> mm. 
what are your goals? And is the gym the only way that you're going to get there or perhaps part of the way that you're going to get there? If it's not, then don't, you don't need to do the gym. I think you need to enjoy the gym. So if you hate the gym and your goal doesn't require you to be here, don't go to the gym. For us, uh, because we have gym-related skill goals, we want to work on CrossFit. Um, I mean, you take your sandbag outside, so you can sandbag anywhere. Um, but if you want skills that need to be built in the gym, you've got to be in the gym. Other than that, I think I would recommend varying it up. So like if you have weight loss goals, for example, your main thing is just uh, calorie expenditure, higher calorie expenditure, and you can do that anywhere. You can run, you can bike, you can row, you can walk up your building, or you can be in the gym. So I'd vary it up, make it fun. Yeah, I've been playing, trying to play. But definitely should go to a gym. I've been trying to play more outdoor sports lately, and it's been very enjoyable and it's been fun to get outside and be active but the the risk of injury not playing sport for 10 years and then trying to get back into sport is something you can should consider as well like you've just like playing touch and you busted your fingers yesterday so yeah um okay more of a crossfit specific one tie you're up what does rx mean and when am i ready for it Oh. Oh. RX uh, recommended weight or movement uh, essentially so like for example if there's bar muscle ups in that's the RX and if you need to scale it down because you can't do bar muscle ups then obviously maybe you can scale it down to a chest bar or a pull up or a ring row if you can't even do a pull up which is absolutely fine like that's why we scale so that you can continue to move in a workout um, for weight wise it might be like the RX weight is 185 and you can't lift that and that's absolutely fine so lift a weight that you can do uh, so yeah RX is just the recommended weight uh, the reason we have that is we want to program for someone to really push themselves and everyone can push themselves at their own weights you don't have to do the RX um, I would say when you are ready for it uh, it really depends on a couple of things uh, it if depends. it's a weight yeah, it depends. Uh, if it's like weight-wise, uh, you obviously need to have a prerequisite of being able to lift that weight to begin with, uh, under control, under fatigue, if it's in a workout and so on, so on. Um, and so I think if you're in a class setting, if you go to that class long enough, the coach will have a better understanding of you and be able to tell you if you are actually ready for it or if you're not and you just think you are. Um, you hopefully will have a good understanding of your body as well and understand if you are ready. Uh, and then for movements, like if it's a gymnastics movement, if you're able to do them, uh, you might not ready to do RX, but you maybe are ready to put them into the workout. So for example, if the workout has 10 bar muscle-ups, you can do a bar muscle-up, yet maybe you can't do 10. You're still not doing RX by just putting one rep in there, but at the same time, you're progressing to get yourself there. So by adding one bar muscle up in there and the rest chest to bars, you are on your way to doing RX. Um, so I would say, yeah, it, it's a, it's different for everyone, but that's kind of what I would say. Yeah, it depends. Yeah, it depends. <laughs> it depends. I want to ask a question around that. So I can't remember who it was, but they said, why are the RX weights or why is prescribed RX so high when no one can do it yet and what um, was your answer there's the two reasons for that is to create a stimulus so we want to if it's a heavy workout and it's five reps we want the barbell to be heavy to create a certain type of stimulus in the workout if you if it was five reps and we only wrote like 65 pounds and that's going to be something they can do very fast they're not going to create the same strength adaptations so you're trying to create a stimulus but also to make it challenging i think if you always if you only ever write weights at uh, or prescribe 
workouts at weights that people can do, then there's less reason to push harder and less things to aspire to get better at. And ultimately, that's what we want progress, right? So yeah, they're the two main reasons we put what would be deemed unachievable. And you always program for the fittest person in the room. So if you write something RX and nobody in the entire gym can complete that workout RX and it's probably overprogrammed. It's like something that's written on the blackboard right now. A rising tide, a rising tide lifts all boats. A rising RX lifts all athletes. Yeah. Uh, let's stay with the CrossFit abbreviations for a little bit. Who wants to tackle EMOM? What's an EMOM? Go on, Bray. Loves an EMOM. I love an EMOM. I actually think it's just a really cool tool to program in like a weakness or a skill that... What is an EMOM? Oh, yeah, that's probably a better way to start. <laughs> EMOM stands for every minute on the minute, so it would mean moving or lifting a certain amount of weight a certain amount of times within a minute or doing a certain amount of reps within a minute and then you can change... Jesus, the worst explanation ever. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, every minute on the minute... Do something within a minute, and the next minute do something else within that minute, and the next minute do something else or do the same thing on the minute. That's an Basically. A That's an A-mom. Something along those lines. And then you could use them to different ways. So from when we, when we put these into training, there might be set up, and we've done it recently with a lot of pull-up uh, progression. So on minute one, do a pull-up progression. On minute two, do a core exercise. And it's something that's not very fatiguing, but creates a nice time structure which people can fit into to... Or you could use it for a conditioning piece, right? Minute one, do 45 seconds. Or oh, minute, uh, what did we do yesterday on Monday? Minute max cows on the bike, minute rest. Minute intervals, there's different ways. and Or on the two minutes for strength stuff as well. Every two minutes. Uh, AMRAP. Who wants to oh, do AMRAP? I'm going to do this one now. Go on, Asha. AMRAP. AMRAP stands for as many rounds and reps as possible in uh, time. On the board. <laughs> so yeah, you've got a time constraint. Yeah, there's a time constraint. So for example, it's uh, AMRAP 15. It says you're gonna uh, repeat a sequence of, for example, five pull-ups, ten push-ups, uh, 15 air squats in 15 minutes, as many rounds as reps as possible. And then the use of those is to you're not limiting the work. You're giving someone a fixed amount of time to work in. So you're dictating that they're gonna work for that amount of time, but the amount the amount of reps that they will be doing will be different person to person depending on how much work they complete. And the other type of workout would be a four-time workout. Do you want to do that one? Uh, so four-time would just be the set, the amount of work or the workout is written on the board and you are timed for how long it takes you to finish that piece of work on the board. So the, the work is fixed. Everybody's doing five rounds, but it will take people different amounts of time to complete that. And that's for uh, that's setting everybody the same amount of work. So we want you to complete this amount of work versus an AMRAP where it's like we want you to work for this amount of time. Have I forgotten any? What other ones are on the board? So rounds uh, for time might be four time or you might see RFT. Three RFT is three rounds for time. There's a bunch of these. What else have we missed? What other CrossFit? They're the main ones. Yeah. And uh, different variations of. All right. Easy one. Well, this might not be an easy one. Uh, why do I struggle with energy through my session? Who wants to take this one? Don't all go at once. Yeah, I can, I can go, for this. go on, Asha. Uh, why do I struggle with the energy through the session? Throughout the session? Well, um, it depends again. 
it, yeah, it can be that you are not recovering well, so too less sleep. Maybe you're overall too stressed, so adding a uh, physical activity, which is uh, another stress, uh, might be not a great uh, thing to do at the moment if you're dealing with some high stress in your work or in your life. Uh, it can be not fueling properly. Uh, yeah, so I would say those are the, the three main ones. So not recovering properly, uh, dealing with a lot of stress, and what was this, the third one? Uh, not fueling, fueling properly. Yeah. Nice. Sleep, stress, fuel. Bray, how do I improve my running slash rowing slash bike, and how do I build more endurance? Jump on the hybrid program. <laughs> Uh, endurance, so look at the time frames you're going to be working out over. Um, set yourself different within those time frames. Set yourself different intensities for the workouts, for your rowing workouts. So, for instance, with rowing, if you want to get better at a 2K row, set yourself some workouts where you're working off of slightly slower than your 2K row for a longer period of time or for intervals which equates to a longer period of time. Also set yourself up for some intervals at a higher pace for shorter periods of time to get yourself used to that higher pace and pulling that row at a, a faster speed for shortest durations. Um, and then hopefully at the end of a little bit of a cycle, you'll be able to put the two of those together, the longer duration and the shorter high intensities together to increase your rowing capacity. You can do something similar for biking and running as well. For Sheezy. Um, what should I do on my rest day? <laughs> uh, carries. It depends what athlete you are. It depends. So I think if you are like a very a high level athlete who is working really, really hard on your working days, I think your rest day needs to be complete rest day. I think that would be eating really good food um, and hydrating properly to make sure that you're fueled and providing the body with what it needs to rebuild and prepare for the next working block. Um, and it means resting your body. It doesn't mean that you sit on the couch and do nothing. You might go for an easy walk you might go for an easy uh, a swim or do some yoga or stretching or something restorative but it's just about keeping your energy down so that your body is in recovery mode and able to rebuild and relax uh, if you're an athlete that's coming in maybe doing i don't or maybe you're not even coming into the gym but doing half hour workouts every day and they're not necessarily the most intense like maybe your rest days maybe you can go for a little more of a brisk walk or maybe like an easy jog. I think it depends. The level of rest you're working will, will determine the amount of rest that you need. Did I say that right? Yeah. Work to rest. Yes. Asha, I struggle with my overhead position. How can I improve it? Sandbag carries. Sandbag carries. It depends. Uh, I would say we're a work first in your structure. So, uh, lats and pecs, as I always say, because uh, those are the structural muscles for the overhead uh, position. Uh, then I would uh, attack the mobility. First, the active mobility, so means uh, the um, range of the motions of your muscles are under tension, right? Uh, and then I would maybe work on the passive stretching. Yeah, so for example, uh, 
Me, um, when it comes to the flexibility, I have very flexible shoulders. I can throw my uh, arm pretty way, way overhead, right? But when it comes to loading it, it's gonna s probably stop, I would say, airline, maybe somewhere there. So it means in this position, I can only support the load because the load is supported with the muscles under tension. When there's no tension needed to create, when there's no weight, I can go way past that. So for me, flexibility is more related to the joints and um, mobility, at least that's my point of view, it's more related to the uh, muscles under tension, range of, the motions, range of the motions for the muscle under tension. And that is timely because it's press cycle at the moment, so useful information. All right, let's go. go. Let's do a couple of kind of like nutrition, body fat loss ones. Um, what diet is best and how do I pick one? It depends. I'm assuming this person is talking about diet as like paleo, keto, Atkins, cabbage soup, blah, blah, blah. Carnival. Uh, so I wouldn't pick any. When, when we talk about diet, we use it in its proper definition, I believe, is the type of food you choose to eat. It's not like a restricted, defined plan that you stick to. So if I would think about the best diet, it would be to simplify the foods, to choose things that are as close to its natural source as possible. So fruits, vegetables, meat if you eat meat, um, eggs, nuts, and then whatever else you're adding on, just trying to cut down on the ingredients list. So as little ingredients as possible, and then checking out the ingredients, make sure that you understand what they mean and that there are not too many numbers in there. So it's basically just trying to keep as much um, processed food, junk, additives, etc., as possible out of your diet. Um, and that goes for the same for drinks also. Rowan, how do I lose fat around my belly? Lose overall fat. <laughs> that was a plate way of saying it. Uh, if you chop it off, maybe. Uh, lose fat. Probably, if you want to lose fat around your belly, you can choose where you lose fat. Uh, what you can do around your belly is try to tone up a little bit, so build a small bit of muscle around your abdominal area. That will help improve the aestheticness, I suppose, of that area, but you're not going to lose the fat there. Um, but yeah, if you overall lose fat, the fat will eventually come off your belly, but you can't choose where it might be the last place to come off you, which would be unfortunate if that's the place you want to lose it the most. All right, and then if we generalize to that, that was obviously a specific area. How do you lose body fat? Uh, come to base sessions. <laughs> I'd say there's two ways to reduce your body fat, right? You can decrease the amount of body fat or you can increase the amount of muscle you've got. Yeah. So you can build muscle or you can reduce body fat. Reducing body fat probably nutrition is well both are going to be mm. very dependent on nutrition but i think if you went i'm trying to lose body fat your training would be slightly different than if you were trying to gain muscle and both of those would result in uh changes body in body fat, fat percentage. percentage yeah so yeah so don't don't rule out building muscle because the more muscle you have the more calories you're going to burn every day so if you've built up a lot more muscle you're more than likely going to burn off fat faster so yeah both
jump in, Ty. Yeah, so like what Craig was saying was correct, absolutely. And I think it's a matter of though, like if you are going to be putting on more muscle, don't eat more because then you're still going to hold it. <laughs> you're still going to hold that body fat percentage. Um, it's calories in versus calories out. So if you're not expending those calories, they're going to get stored. Um, so yeah, if you are putting on more muscle and maintaining the same amount of food that you were eating uh, and you weren't putting on extra weight, yes, you will be starting to lose weight. If you just want to lose weight and you don't want to put on muscle mass, then you need to have a look at your calories in, how much you're eating, and maybe slightly decrease them by a couple hundred. Um, so that you have, yeah, in the negatives, in the deficit. We could go on for ages about fat loss and, and deficit, so we won't go. Of course you may. Yeah, I just want to really... Uh, put the mic in front of you. Yeah, I think it's very important that... Um, to maintain your body weight or to even uh, to lose body fat, you still need to have a good night's sleep because it's all when the all hormones are playing a big role that you are releasing the growth hormone and all the good things are happening. So we can talk about the food, calories in, calories out, uh, which is not that simple as we think it is. So I would still still consider a good night's sleep. Believe me, you're gonna have amazing good night of sleep. You're gonna be more motivated for your gym training session. You're gonna crave less of the sugar, less of the fatty food. So that's why it's so important. Go on, Em. Um, I think the whole thing is such a big rabbit hole anyway. <laughs> We started in one area and we've come back to sleep. And I, I was going to say that sleep on top of making sure that you're eating well, on top of choosing the right diet for you, it all has to work. So if, you ha if you're hating life, you're not sleeping, you're eating stuff that you hate, you're completely, yeah, um, you're not going to lose the body fat because you're not going to stick to whatever it is that you're on. So it's about finding something that you can hold consistently and realistically with the schedule and everything that you've got going on in life um, and then holding your fitness routine and achieving your goal. I think it doesn't matter whether your goal is muscle gain, weight loss, whatever. The baseline is finding something that you can do consistently and yeah, smashing the goal as you go. Yeah, be happy and enjoy life and your training. It's very important. Going to stay with the so I agree with everything that was just said, but we're going to stay with the nutrition themes because it's been asked. Um, we did protein uh, after workouts for recovery, but someone asked is, do you need to drink protein shakes? And I, I would say if you are eating enough during the day and you can eat soon enough after training, then you do not need to, to drink protein shakes. If you struggle to eat enough whole food through the day, uh, protein shake is a good option to be able to supplement the amount of protein you can get so it's a case of if you're able to get enough in through food and i always say try and get it in through food sources as best you can if not and you're short then protein shakes is a decent supplement to add to that to make sure you get enough protein in there was one on carbs i'm gonna throw some back to you uh will cutting carbs help me lose weight and cutting person, any type of food will probably um, help you lose weight <laughs> fair, fair. Uh, but that's definitely not the answer. I think like we should all have a decently balanced diet. I don't think we should. I don't think any diet should restrict any type of food. Um, I think we can all have every type of food, but some of them in more moderation than others, obviously. But like carbs are like one of our main fuel sources, so cutting carbs just doesn't make too much sense for me when it's to fuel your body to perform its day-to-day -day duties. Um, so I would say. No, do not cut carbs. If you're trying to lose weight. 
if you're trying to lose weight, still no, because you still need to be able to perform your day-to-day exercises. Just cut down a little bit. You don't have to cut them out of your diet altogether. But when I say cut down a little bit, I mean probably all foods and go into a slight calorie deficit. I think we've heard of a lot of people who have, remember when cutting out carbs was cool? Like that was the one thing you had to do and then you were fine. Um, I think I've spoken to a few people, I'm sure you're the same, as they've all said that they had no energy, they couldn't train properly and they just felt like shite. Um, so I would say if you think you need to cut carbs, maybe just look at the carbs that you're eating. Like if you're, if you're eating crap carbs, then cut those carbs and maybe introduce some healthier sources. Sweet potato, potato, rice, da 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 da. And you'll be sweet. All right, moving on. Well, this is kind of ties into the. To, this is a weight gain one versus a weight loss one. Uh, Asha, is lifting heavy weights going to make my body bulky? I'm assuming it was a female who asked this one. We wish. <laughs> I mean, I'm not sure if it's a no, a negative thing. I mean, looking bulky. What does it mean, even right? Uh, but if getting. Uh, Building muscles will be easy as just lifting heavy. Then we all will be very jacked here, right? So um, I would say no, just uh, lifting uh, heavy weights. What is heavy? Heavy for you, overall heavy, right? Lifting weights for, for example, two uh, two days per week, I don't think so. It's going to uh, change a lot in your body composition to get really uh, bulky and uh, muscular. You need to lift heavy weight over time and support it with uh, proper fueling uh, and, of course, proper recovery. It doesn't happen overnight uh, I see myself still relatively uh, small <laughs> uh, and it took me, uh, I think, five years to, to grow. Yeah, it's a lot so of hard work. It's, it's a very hard work. So I'm, I'm, I'm overall little frame and it took me five years to get to the point where I am right now. So don't worry, uh, you're not going to get bulky uh, just lifting, you know, occasionally. Yeah, that's a, a, a bunch of times people say, I don't want to lift weights, so I don't want to get bulky. And it's like, if you get bulky, please tell us how we do it because then we can package yes. that and sell it because it would be really good yeah. if we could get people bulky really yeah, easily. The thing so. is, uh, everyone should understand that um, building some, you know, percentage of the of the muscle mass is really healthy for you. Yeah. For your joints, uh, f- for your skin, for, you know, for your for overall health. Yeah. So don't be afraid. Especially if you're over 35. I'm 32, so I don't know. You're good. Okay, uh, switching gears a little bit. Tyler, uh, if I injure my back, knee, insert any injury, uh, what should I do? How can I train around being injured? Yeah, so I think it's like really important to know that you guys can train around injury. Uh, and it's just really being like smart about it, you know, depending upon what it is, the grade it is and everything like that. Uh, I would say first off, find yourself a coach who cares enough to break it down and do some assessment like Ash is really great at something like that um, and so yeah find someone who's going to care about you as much as you hope they would <laughs> you know um, and then from there it's a matter of probably getting someone to either program for you or just making sure that if you are going to join a class they're very very aware like the coach knows you've had an assessment um, and they know specifically what's wrong or the injuries, it's 
what grade it is um, and then from there being able to work around it for example like if you've got a knee injury you ain't going to be doing box jumps you're not going to be doing double unders you're not going to be going for a run um, and so you might not even be able to row or ride a bike just depending upon what grade but if you can have that assessment maybe you can ride a bike something along those lines so I would say yeah make sure you find someone who you trust uh, who's very knowledgeable to do an assessment and kind of give you an idea of what is possible and achievable and to work on you know there's still many things that you can work on like Asha said before building strength is a great one to help with joints and ligaments and all that stuff to uh, and it helps speed up recovery in fact if you build up strength absolutely I heard something once and it made a lot of sense when you think about it It was like if you keep having to test it it's still injured so if you go i've tweaked my elbow and every other day you're like oh can i do front rack stuff yet can i do if you're thinking about if i can then you're still injured don't worry about it work around it when you get to the point where i don't need to test it because i know it's good that's when you're good to get back into training so i was like that makes a lot of sense okay we'll finish up with last two questions and these will both be kind of open table ones um We'll start with this one first because it's probably going to be a little shallower than the next one. Is can we explain why we why sessions are so different here? So we have like very intense CrossFit sessions some days, and then we have uh, more structured bodybuilding days or more skill-based days. Who wants to start? I'm sure we've got our, all got our own opinions on this one. So, <laughs> thanks, Ryan. Um, <laughs> so it's kind of what uh, we talked about earlier with the high intensity, low intensity. I think there's from when we program stuff out is we want to make sure there's a manageable, manageable amount of training load through the week. So if we program every day is really hard and really heavy, you probably break down before you make it through the week. So we strategically place days that are more intense or heavier load um, throughout the week with days that are less intense or less uh, heavy to make sure you're able to get enough training in, cover all these different energy systems and other, all these different strength adaptations and all these different movement patterns while still being able to do all of that training and recover and survive the week as well. Like I said, if it was just like hard day one, hard day two, hard day three, you probably wouldn't make it to day four. And you guys aren't, I'm not gonna say smart enough, but you guys aren't disciplined enough to know when you shouldn't be not going hard. So we're kind of the gatekeepers for your intensity and we do that with our programming. Go on, someone else chip in. No, I was just going to say that um, if the whole periodization and fitting in all these extra things are difficult, just think of it as every day you come into a session, it's one tiny piece of a massive puzzle. So like you can't, you can't just treat, so for example, if we have someone coming in to try a session for the first time, you can't judge the program off this one tiny piece of this massive thing that's going on so you've got to experience you've got to be in the process and you've just got to experience the whole thing and be part of the whole thing and to do what your coaches bloody tell you to do because our shirts say coach on them because that's what we do for a living so we know better than you um all right last one i'm a complete beginner there is so much information out there about health and fitness where do i start newbies where we at talk to somebody uh, I think one of us will help make it pretty simple um, there is so much information about the, out there and it is really confusing when you look at it and even like some days I look at it and I'm like wait what so I get really confused and then when that happens I just like okay let's just bring it back to the simples get some proper sleep every day exercise pretty regularly eat pretty well anything it's that? so simple anything to add to that tie? 
Get your bass line ready, you know? Join bass. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's, like, pretty straightforward as well. Just like Rowan said, you know, stick to the basics. It's pretty straightforward. Then um, you don't need to go into depth of, uh, especially if you're a beginner, it's just about coming in, uh, listening to someone who you trust and uh, who you've kind of given that guidance for um, and stick to something consistently and you'll probably get what you're looking for. Yeah. Go on, em. This is your jam. I would say that if you're a complete beginner and you're unsure is, I don't want to repeat what these guys said, even though I completely agree, um, set your baseline low. Don't come out and be like, I'm going to work out seven days a week, two hours a day. I'm going to cut all this stuff out of my diet. Just start with three to four times a week, 20 minutes to 30 minutes. Or if you want to join a session, it's really amazing joining sessions because you've actually got people holding you accountable. Um, but if you're not going to do that at home, 20 to 30 minutes, absolutely fine. And then start with something simple like drink two to three liters of water every day. Just make sure you've got that tidied up. And then once you've got that in your habit base, you can then add another habit and then add another habit. Make it manageable and easy for you to start off with. Go on, Asha. Um, I think I would just add to this, uh, of course, find a person you can trust. Uh, and even if you get uh, information from this person, I would still um, take this information and try to just try it out. Like Emily said, you want to explore it a little bit on yourself because we always say everyone is different, right? There are certain things that um, work for the most of us. But still, I would go test it out and see how you feel. Does it feel great? Awesome. Didn't feel great? Next thing, try it out. And of course, give it a little bit of time. Yeah, I, you guys absolutely nailed it. I don't think there's much I can add to that. My only thing would be is be patient. Is I think someone said it in, in some shape is you, you're not going to, if you start and like, I want to make progress in a month, is you're going to be very disappointed. So think of this as when you're starting something, it's a long-term commitment that you're going to have to take three, six, 12 months to, to start seeing the progress. So just be very patient and understand that it's going to take your time to get into a, a good routine. But if you're enjoying the journey, then it doesn't matter how long it takes. So make sure that you enjoy what you're doing. Stop my mic. We're married, so we're in the same bubble. Just got you in there. Uh, yeah, and I think we'll wrap that up there. I think... Um, that covers all of the questions. There's a couple of double ups in there and that kind of covered a bunch of those. If you guys do have any more questions, we'll happily do another one of those um, anytime. So send questions to M if you do have any questions and yeah, let us know if you've got any questions about any of the questions we just questioned. <laughs>